Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah. What a wonderful presence are in the house of the Lord this morning with God's people. Thank you for being here. Those of you that are streaming online, we welcome you through the digital highway into the presence of the Holy of Holies. Wow, what an amazing service. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this house. Surely he is. Praise God, praise God. Amen. I want to welcome the McLeans with us. God bless you folks. Amen. Friends of ours from the past. And also the Weisers. God bless the Weisers. They're vacationing out here. They preach for us. Brother and Sister Weiser, we welcome you. Glad that you guys are able to pop in and be with us. And of course, it's always a pleasure to have my wife's brother, Tommy, with us, visiting from the San Diego area. God bless you, Tommy. And of course, I'm glad everybody's here. If you're a visitor, we're glad you're here. If you're a member, we're glad you're here. If you're streaming online, we're glad you're here. However you got here, we're glad. Great Sundays make better Mondays. So I got to start my week in the presence of God and let it catapult me into a great Monday. And I know that everything's going to be okay. Praise God. Praise God. It has been advertised on social media that I'm preaching this morning to you about Vision Sunday. And Vision Sunday is basically inviting everybody up into the cockpit to see what I see. When you fly... Whether you fly first class or a coach, you're never really in the cockpit, but it's a treat when you were a kid, kind of poke up there and kind of look through those little bitty windows and see the perspective of what a pilot could see when he was airborne. And today I want to invite you into the cockpit of the year 2022. I should have titled my message Back to the Future, I guess, but I just got that revelation from the Lord right now, so I didn't get a chance to type that. But I'm glad you're here, and I'm going to going to draw your attention here to Proverbs chapter 29. It's a popular verse, and I just want to share it and kind of catapult from here. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, where there is no future, where there is just status quo and stagnant, in that environment, in that culture, it lends itself to people not making it. But the excitement, the destination, the end zone, the goal, Where are we going next year? What are we going to do? What's happening? Tell me what the Lord told you. Let me see what you see. Those are things that I pray unto the Lord. But today I want you to see what I see. I want you to imagine with me. I want your spirit to be released and let it go to see what God is showing us. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that, Lord, that I could articulate and share of what the spirit sees. 
that not only through human eyes or human hands or ingenuity, but through the power of the Spirit, that all things are possible, that we set our mind to do, Lord. I pray that you'd anoint our spirits to receive a word from heaven, God. Pray that you'd inspire somebody, encourage somebody, love somebody today. Let the Holy Ghost rest upon me. I ask this in the name of Jesus. If you agree with the prayer, would you shout back amen? Amen, amen. amen. God bless you for standing. You may be seated this morning. Praise God, praise God. I Googled or Wikipedia vision and said this, and I quote, the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. I thought about imagination, thought about wisdom in the conventional sense in the secular world and the marketplace, and then I began to think about imagination and wisdom in ministry, about God's church. It's not just something we wing or do we just wake up in the morning and say, well, today's Sunday, snuck up on me. I wonder what God's going to tell us today. No, there's planning and there's times alone with God. And if we could see everything that God could see, we probably would blow our mind. And in some cases, we would not believe it. And in some cases, our faith might be challenged if we could see exactly what God would see. Because I understand in the human, the cognitive skills are limited upon earth. But as we all do in the spirit, we lean into the voice of God. We lean into the will of God. We lean into what God is saying to that situation, not only corporately for a pastor in a church, but with our own personal lives, with our homes, with our marriage, with our children, with the next decision that we have to make. And so I understand that it's very clear and very understandable that we need to know what is God seeing? What does God think? Today I'm preaching to you about a corporate level. But as I preach, I want you to maybe segue some of the questions and the scenarios into your personal life. What does God think about you in 2022? Where does God see your home in 2022? And so I want to share some things with you. Our team has worked very hard. I don't work alone with this. I'm not that smart. But let me share our mission statement with you. True Vine is a spirit-filled church bringing hope to our community. There we go. Thank you. We are passionate about seeing people's lives changed by the Spirit of God and empowering them to discover their God-given purpose on their journey. That's the mission. That's the goal. That's the end game. That's the continuation of Luke 19 and 20, that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. So if you ever wonder, why are we here? Why do we rent 10,500 square feet? Why do we come early on a Sunday morning? Why do we put together some things for community groups? This is the mission right here, that we are a spirit-filled church, bringing hope to the community, passionate about people. Someone shout, that's me. About people changing their lives and living in the spirit empowered by God and discover your purpose on the journey of life. What is my purpose? What is the purpose of the church? This may be some might call this a purpose statement, a mission statement. This is why we exist. This mission is going to differ from AT&T. This mission is going to differ from the grocery store. This is not Verizon. We're not selling a product. We don't have a warehouse. We don't have an online store that you could download power and restoration. You can't download a blessing to your marriage. Why? Because we are pushing people into the Holy of Holies and getting them in touch with the mighty God that can change things that man can't change. 
change and no 10-step and 12-step, no program can change and do what God does. God changes on the inside. And the inside changes the outside. I'm for programs. I'm not anti things like that, but that only changes the outside in hopes that it changes the inside or the character or the influences on your life. But the Holy Ghost works from the inside out, and that's why we are different than any other business in Old Town Temecula. That's why we are different than any other business in in, uh, in Temecula here or the Temecula Valley because we change people's lives. We bring marriages together. We put them on a path to be successful. Hello, somebody. Come on. So that's why we're here. And it's because of the mission that that has brought us together. So let me tell you what. Here's the vision. The vision is this, to influence a community to pursue and lead a God-centric life. That's the vision. Now let me just kind of peel this back a little bit. To influence a community to pursue and lead. That word purposely is not live. It's to lead a God-centric life. Because I know this, you're able to live, but I'm challenging you for the year 2022 that you lead. When you lead, someone's following you. You lead a God-centric life. Husbands, wives, kids, high school, aunts, uncles, young adults, that you lead, that people follow you in your footsteps or your wake in life. And you're not just living. It's easy to live, but I'm challenging this church that you will lead in the environment that God puts you in in the coming year. Lead in that environment. Lead in that atmosphere. And let God do what only God can do through you. Again, this is why we're here. And if we're going to seek and to save the lost, then my part is I have to lead a God-centric life. What's God-centric? When God is the center of everything you do. What's the secular world? What's the marketplace call it? They call it a me-centric world. I'm the sun and everything evolves around me. No, God is the centerpiece. In my decisions, in my lifestyle, in my ambitions, in my goals, in my energy, in my passions, all evolves around God. So I'm leading and I'm living a God centric life. That's the challenge. Get that down in your, in your spirit. I'm going to lead, not live. We're doing that. But the next step, the next level is to lead everybody that you touch. That takes time. That's not instant gratification. You can't measure that every day, every week, but if you will lead every day and every week, there will come a time that that will be measurable. And you can say, look what the Lord hath done. I just led and I was living and I look around and I see people that are leaning into what is happening in the house of the Lord. And I think God's pleased with that. Could you shout amen? I know as 2020 and 2021 have had setbacks corporately for us and personally in some cases for some of you. The last 20 months, 21 months have been like no other 21 months in my life. This generation has never lived through a pandemic. And honestly, we've never pastored through a pandemic. And I personally, along with all of you, I've never had to serve God through a pandemic. And the pandemic might have exposed your relationship with God. How much are you committed? How much are you sold out? 
We sing songs like this. We quote scriptures. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No tongue formed against me. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Da, 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 da. The thing that's missing in that phrase from Paul is the word pandemic. It's been a setback. It's been challenging, Brother Foster. I hope I tried. I prayed to make the best decisions during the pandemic I could for the betterment of the body of Christ to help us lead a God-centric life. But in this element of the pandemic, I feel like the Lord gave me these three, these four words, these three words. And we made a banner, and it's simply this, the church always wins. It always takes new territory. The church is never defeated. Now, I know there are scriptures that support that. There are messages that we could preach. But one of my personal revelations in the pandemic is that the church always wins. So when I zoom in on who I am as a person, number one, as a husband and a dad and a grandfather and a pastor, I realize if I'm going to win in adversity, if I'm going to win in a pandemic, a pandemia, then I'm going to have to stay in the church because the church is not going to be defeated. The church is not going to be extinct. The church is not going to be squashed. Why? Because it's the power of God's spirit living inside of me. So if the church always wins, I conclude I'm never leaving the church. I'm never taking the church for granted. And the church, my friend, are you and I, the people of God. Yes, I'm the pastor, but I enjoy coming on Sundays, seeing everybody, high-fiving, worshiping, feeling the anointed of the worship. And when I'm not preaching, being preached to, that I can get in a corner and say, God, I still love you. I still dedicate myself to you. No pandemic. No... Nor hell, nor, no, 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 nothing shall separate me from the love and the relationship and the community with God and his people and the church. Oh, someone shout amen. amen. So, yes, I validate it's been challenging. We will not perish for lack of vision. Brother, we will increase in favor of God, and he will take us places that we could not go on our own. The Spirit of God will take you places that you didn't even know existed. Humanity, human ingenuity can take us so far. And then that's where faith picks up and God picks up. I like Isaiah 54 and 2 in this rendering. It says, enlarge the side of your tent and let your tent curtains be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes and drive your pegs deep. It's saying, hey, this is not the time. I'm just paraphrasing now. I live in the 21st century. This is not the time to shorten the, 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 the ropes and to bring the pegs back in and say, hey, maybe we have too much territory. Maybe there's too much to manage. Maybe there's not enough room over here. Maybe we don't need this anymore. No, I'm saying full steam ahead. Let's plan for the future. Let's organize for the future. Let's build for the future. Let's buy for the future. Why? Because the Bible says there's coming a day that God's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or blemish. And it can't be some little bitty anemic church with three or four people that are waiting in some upper room. No, it's got to be the masses. It's got to be in the thousands. And if we can have anything to do with it, then yes, we're going to do our part in the Temecula Valley. What are you saying? That's vision. Wikipedia says imagination, hope. But I say no, that's the expectation of God's church that was purchased with success on Calvary. Yeah. 
Satan, the blood of Jesus, is against you. In your life, in your marriage, in your health, in your relationships, in your finances, I'm just going to segue in, in the growth of God's church, in the expansion of God's church, in the reaching of the people. Hey, what are you saying? This is what God can do, and this is what God told me that he wants to do, and he's able to do. But we, as an individual of humanity, have been distracted. Yes, we have. The pandemic is a distraction. In 2022, as I prepared to bring you into the cockpit. I thought of what would be a phrase that would embody next year. What would be a little, I'm going to say, I, I come from a marketing background, so what's, what's a little jingle that says, you know what? That's us. And I feel like the Lord showed me this. We're going to grow back stronger. Stronger numerically, Stronger spiritually, stronger mentally, stronger socially, and watch this, stronger financially, not just corporately, but individually and households and family. Because when we are growing numerically, the church grows. When we grow spiritually, the church grows. When we grow mentally, the church grows. When we grow socially, the church grows. When we grow financially, the church grows. Why? Because we are the church. Someone shout, I am the church. So what's happening in 2022? We're going to grow back stronger. I declare this to you according to the word of the Lord. We will, and you are. Someone say, I am. I I don't care how strong and spiritual you think you are. You can always be stronger, and you can always be more spiritual. And if you've lost ground in the pandemic, it's not just, I want to make up lost ground. No, I want to blow past my lost ground. I want to move forward way beyond it. I want to say, you know what? When I look back, the pandemic made me stronger. It made me more committed. It made me holy. It made me more trusting. It gave me more faith. Yeah, that's what I learned from the pandemic. But when you're going through that, it's hard to zoom out and see exactly what is God doing. So I declare to this church that we will grow back stronger. Not everybody that was with us before pandemic is coming faithfully now. Various reasons. I can't judge that. But they're not all here this morning. And even if you put our online audience together, put those together, and we're still not there. But every church is going through a building back and to come back stronger. And this is what God's telling us in this church and in this moment, that if you stay in the church and if you stay committed and if you stay focused and if you show up when you're supposed to show up, if you participate in your community group, if you would do what you can do, God will always do what he can do. And when you blend those together, the natural and the super, that's when you see the supernatural when I Invest in what God is wanting to do. Someone shout, grow back stronger. stronger. Let me give you a snapshot of this year. This year so far, we've baptized 33 people. Woo! Good response. 14 people have received the Holy Ghost, thank God. Our Next Steps graduates, we've graduated 20 people, thank God. The Next Level, which is the Beyond and Continuation, we've graduated eight people, I thank God for that. And we've had 252 first-time visitors this year so far, I thank God for that. Now, like any person, 
Like any overachiever, we say, oh, we should have done better. We could do better. Why didn't we do better? But I have to realize in a pandemic COVID year, people are still wanting their sins washed away. And when one goes down in the watery grave, the angels rejoice. So 33 times we made them dance up there. What if they're, oh, I'm tired. They baptized. No, you got to get up and dance. They baptized another one. Sins were washed away. Woo-hoo. Yeah? Maybe you're new here, and I should have put Holy Spirit, but 14 people spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance, and God filled their life. We are a Spirit-filled church, and we have expectations that people will be born again. Go down in a baptismal tank in a watery grave. And then once you get baptized, and I think it's already been mentioned here in a couple of, couple of Saturdays, we're going to do a next steps on a Saturday in December. And that's a prerequisite to be involved here to serve. I'm going to preach about that next Sunday. But I'm glad 20 people went through and are being tethered to somewhere to making this a better place. This, this is what I know. Let me let you in a little sneak preview next week. This place will be a better place if you get involved. And if you are an overachiever, a super server, then you need to get involved more and make this place. If I was preaching in the South, I said, make this place gooder. But next week, I'm going to drill a little deeper on that. And so this is what I think, that these numbers are what they are in a year of a pandemic. We start to come out, and then here the last couple of days, you get some more information about a variant and all these things, and people get a little nervous, get a little set back. And so we're just kind of forward, back, forward, back, forward, back, forward, back. It's kind of like the church has been learning how to drive stick shift for the first time in a car. You ever been like that? <laughs> You don't know how to drive stick shift. I'm probably talking Greek to you. But anyway, go try to drive one today and video yourself. You'll get a revelation. But I'm telling you, the church always wins. And so I go to sleep at night thinking the church always wins. The goal for any pastor is to keep everybody in the church so you win. That's the goal. Let, let, me, let me show you a little snapshot of the future. Let me show you what has been working behind the scenes in my spirit and with the team, our, our staff. This last year, we had a midweek schedule change. We were trying something. I'm not opposed to trying things that kind of seem, well, that has potential. Again, the decisions that are made at a leadership level is, number one, is it going to grow the church? Does it have potential to grow the church? Because that's the great commission is to grow the church. Then to grow people spiritually and to grow people socially and to grow the numerical numbers and then could it bless people financially and so when we go through all of this and we're making decisions and we run it through that grid hey would this seem good to us in the holy ghost and so this last year or this year rather we talked about hey we're going to have community group we changed the name we rebranded how many is enjoying your community group now with brother bernard preaching brother bernard is our leader of the upci and we are using his videos and he is so 
eloquent and smooth, and he just breaks things down. I've gotten a couple good examples. You know what? I never thought of it that way. You blessed me. I'm going I'm to use that in the future. This week, as they've already mentioned, is our last week of community groups. So stay faithful. Finish strong. Someone shout, finish strong. And during our off time of our community groups, we have had, we'll call them rest months or rest Wednesdays. In those Wednesdays, we picked up a few times. We did some community group leader training. Uh, Coming up on December the 15th is what we'll call a pastor's heart. I'm going to be sharing some things with you about the finances of this church. And we've kind of just sprinkled throughout a few Wednesdays throughout this year. But for the most part, we've had off the Wednesdays between community group to let you rest, to be with your family, do what you got to do, and be faithful on Sunday was the promise or the guarantee that I thought I had. But as we've gotten through almost all of November, it didn't really work the way I thought it was going to work. Didn't get all the promises followed through, a faithful 100% attendance like we used to get those certificates in school. And so in our staff meetings and in considering who we are and where we're going, again, the thing is we got to connect people. Serving God is not a self-guided tour. We need the church, and each other, we need each other. And it's about connectivity. It's about socially. It's about spirituality. And so starting the first Wednesday in January, we're going to do all next year what we're going to call First Wednesdays. Is First Wednesday will be here a traditional service. Most often the time, I will be preaching or teaching. We will have true kids. We will have youth. We will have preschool. We, everything will be up and running. We will have greeters. We will have ushers. We'll have media. And I'm looking for a platform that I could drill deep into who we are and give us some tools to live a more godly, spiritual life that has strength. We will not stream. We will not do anything that you can watch. It will only be on the properties, and we're going to start advertising First Wednesdays. So roughly what? 52 First Wednesdays next year. When does that start? The first Wednesday in January. We will have church. I will be teaching. I will be the old school grandpa used to say, plowing meat and potatoes. That's healthy, isn't it? Maybe I throw, there's some broccoli in there a little bit, but, you know, I'll season it up. You've got to eat it and swallow it. Makes you healthy. Carrots, good for your eyes. Ugh, carrots. Green beans, and that's okay. Those little green peas, ugh. I might serve some green peas one Wednesday night. But here's the thing. I can't tell you what I'm serving because you won't come sometimes. I mean, that's a little too old school, but we're going to have some fun. And it's a direction that I'm calling First Wednesdays. We'll get things printed. We'll get some media out. Here's what I'm asking you. Please work with us. Pastor Mark has talked to several UPCI pastors around the country. Everybody is trying to figure out how to connect people in midweek. Some people live in rural areas. Some people live in metro areas. In our case, you got a lot of people that commute. you got a lot of people that get up early on Thursday morning. And in our culture, probably half the people attend on Wednesday that do on Sunday. Sunday is a full number usually on Wednesday or their midweek is half. So we are looking and saying, God, what can we do to elevate that percentage? Our numbers are much greater off that because we have community groups. Community groups have been a big part of our life. But let me just pause for a minute and say, every Wednesday, the first Wednesday of every month next year, we'll be here at the church. 
We will be moving in an area that maybe God has laid something on my heart, something that maybe I don't want to preach on Sunday, something that maybe I don't want us to be streaming. I'm going to make us better people. I want to make us spiritual. I want to make us stronger. I want to blend it together and let God do what he does. Why? Because we're apostolics, and that's what Pentecostals do. There's a balance. He's called and he's talked more than I have to some. He's helped me here. But everybody's trying to figure out how do you move the church forward in the midweek process? Traditionally, it's been a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night for 80 years. But if half the people come, maybe that's not the most effective to connect and to teach and to preach. And so just make a mental note. All this will go out. The first thing is whatever you had planned for the first Wednesday in January, I'm telling you, folks, please be a part of what we're doing here. This is the direction God's put on my heart that we are committed to all year. We're going to call it first Wednesdays. You'll see social media. You'll see emails. You'll see advertisements. And it's simply going to say something like first Wednesday. And you know it's 7 o'clock here at the church. And we're going to start that coming this coming January. What is key to us One of our main arteries of our church is our community groups. Community groups is not changing. We are entering into probably our ninth or tenth year. And our church has grown exponential through community groups. Why? This is what I believe. Because in community groups, we make connections that you don't make on Sunday. It's slowed down. There's the social aspect. There's the spiritual aspect. And it makes a difference in a life. Here's my own. I don't have scientific proof. I don't have documentation. I don't have a spreadsheet. I don't have an Excel program. But here's my assessment. When you are in a community group for a semester... Your friendships speed up about four years. What do I mean? I mean simply if you just came to church on a Sunday, it would take you four years to get to know people in this church that you can do in one semester in a community group. So community groups are three times a year. So that if you go to community group every year for three times, that would be like you've been coming here for 12 years on Sundays only. If you just came Sundays only. It would take you 12 years, in my assessment, to see the benefit of the people that sit in this house. So we're committed to community groups. I'll be recording coming up. We're going to be having sign-ups in January. I want you to sign up. I'll let you in on a little preview of what the lessons are that I'll be speaking on in our spring semester. I don't seem too interested. Let's just move on. I say, whatever, I'm still recording, even if they're interested or not. <laughs> Nolan, I'm still coming back down to the church to record. I don't care what they <laughs> thought they were going to be a little more excited, but oh, well, roll the cameras. Amen, the subject, on, all right, now, come on. The subject matter is called in the gap. What happens when God's people stand in the gap? See, I'm not going to preach that on Sunday. That is a lesson that we will sit down and methodically work through six consecutive lessons with a Bible character that stood in the gap, and we will glean from each character each week how to apply that to our life. How did Nehemiah do that? How did he? He he preaches now well, right? Whatever, four or 5,000 years later, whatever it is. It's a great message. But how do you know if you're a Nehemiah? How do you know 
how to stand in the gap or if you're standing in the gap. I'm going to tell you how you know. You sign up in January. We're excited about community groups. That's not changing. Six, seven weeks. And then every time there is a first Wednesday of the month, and there will be times we're in community groups. Community groups will be put on pause. We're here. So if, let's say the last w- week of February, you're in group. First week of March, we're here. Then your, your group, we just pick up the next week after first Wednesday. First Wednesdays will always preempt everything. First Wednesdays will trump community groups. We'll get into that as we get closer to December, January, but I'm just letting you know, what, what are you doing? I, I'm bringing you into the cockpit to see what I see. Here, here's what we're going to do. We're, we have what we would call, or I would call, strategic Sundays. The purpose of a strategic Sunday is to rally us to bring the people that we love to indu- introduce them to a God that changed our life. I would like to think that happens every Sunday, but it really doesn't. We get caught up in the rhythm of life. That's why churches worldwide have way more people on Easter than the Sunday before and after because there's a concerted effort. It's strategic. Pentecost Sunday is our Holy Ghost Sunday. I don't remember exactly, but we had, I want to say, 8, 9, 10, 11 people get the Holy Ghost on Pentecost Sunday. What was that? That was a strategic Sunday. Baptism Sunday. We had 33 people total get baptized. Probably one-third of them was on Baptism Sunday. I thought you were apostolic. You baptize whenever. We do. But if we don't do some strategic stuff, we don't have a concerted effort and a laser focus on, hey, this is what we're going to do. And so throughout the year, to grow the kingdom of God, to seek and to save the lost, we're still committed to strategic Sundays. I like Harvest Fest. You guys like Harvest Fest? Doesn't do a whole lot for me, but it feels good. People came back the next Sunday. I know you came back. I'm talking about visitors came back. Here's the thing. What's the purpose of, of, of strategic Sundays? is to ultimately seeking to save the lost. And maybe in a more contemporary way, that would be an invitation for you to bring your friends, family, neighbors, or coworkers. Say, hey, come to our church. We're having a special concert for Easter weekend. Come to our church. We're having a baptism Sunday. Have you ever been baptized? Have you ever received the infilling of the Holy Spirit? We're having a Holy Ghost, a Pentecost Sunday. And it's what we call strategic Sunday. So peppered throughout the year, there'll be strategic Sundays next year. And all again, the reason I'm sharing this, a cockpit view, is that when we print these strategic Sundays and all these events, I'm asking you just to look at your 2022 plan and say, you know what? I'm going to do my best to work around this. So that you can support to make it an amazing day, an amazing event. We're asking you to partner with us with your schedule. Again, if you're going to lead a God-centric life, then God and the kingdom of God has to be the center of what I'm doing and thinking. And so I'm asking you, church, if you're streaming online... Look at your calendar. I, I bless people to have fun. I bless people to go on vacation. I bless, I'm all for that, but not at the expense of something that God is needing you to help us in and then go off where. So we're trying to do what we, we're trying to do my part. Say, hey, here's where we're going. Here's what we're doing. Here's the dates where I'm asking you to be 100% faithful. And all the other Sundays will work around. Go be blessed. Go do have, go have fun. Go disconnect. Do what you do. 
But please don't miss these Sundays. Please don't miss this event. Please don't miss this week. And so we're going to have a couple of revivals coming back in. And when we've had revival, they have been some amazing results. And I thank God that he blesses us and that we're here and we're committed. And I say, God, thank you for those revivals. The next slide I want to show you is one that I have been praying about how to execute it. There's a lot involved. There's a lot of moving parts. And, and things are amping up and revving up. And then this area, the pandemic, kind of set us back a little bit. But I still do have a passion and a vision for a Spanish church. I still believe in my goal. I still believe in the mission. This year, I have studied through Zoom via Costa Rica, the school that we attended and lived next door to a couple years ago, for 22 weeks. Thankfully, Brother Gustavo helps me reiterate and review. And so every week, if you wonder, maybe you're not, but if you do, I do Spanish class every week. I feel comfortable conversating. I can read Spanish. I can write Spanish. I do mess up some of my English words now. My wife gets, what is that? I said, hey, I speak two languages. Back off. What is that word? That's a, I don't know what that word is. So yes, I'm still moving forward. The pandemic slowed us down. It was queued up. You see, here's the challenge. When you, those of you probably would be, when you're learning English or either way, it's easy to conversate because I can control the tempo, the cadence, the rhythm. I can slow it down. I can think. I can search for my vocabularies that fit the word. But when you're preaching, the game speeds up. Brother McLean, you would know better than I. To translate at 100 miles an hour when you can only think at 36 miles an hour, there's a lot of, uh. And so my vocabulary is expanding. My conjugation of words and verbs are much better. I can conversate. But I'm still trying to get to the preaching point. Now, my personality is not to wait. It's not going to be perfect when I start. When I look back on where I was, I think, oh, Lord, have mercy. I would counsel myself, don't do that. <laughs> you need to learn a little more Spanish or at least read better. I don't recommend you do that. But my passion to have a Spanish church yes. to the Hispanic people is still there. I was just, I was just with another pastor. And I said, you know what? My Spanish mission, passion for the Spanish church is still there. I'm not trying to reach the Spanish people that come to our church because they're already bilingual. Now, they may understand Spanish a little better, but they speak both languages. My goal is to reach their family and neighbors and coworkers that speak very little, if any, English to where we can bring them to a lighthouse that is completely in Spanish 
and they can find their way. I don't think a language barrier should be an obstacle for the new birth experience, especially in Southern California when statistics show us that over 50% of the people that live here are Latinos. And so if any place needs an English and a Spanish church in the same building, it's Southern California. Again, some of you may not have been here in 2018. My wife and I took a leave of absence. We studied and lived in Costa Rica for two months, full-time students in a language school for Spanish. Those of you that were with us a couple weeks ago, you, you met the instructor. From, from She ended up moving to Jacksonville, Florida. But my point is, I'm still, I just want to reiterate that to you. And when we relaunch, I, I've got to get it all figured out. It's a little overwhelming sometimes, to be honest with you, and I'm saying, God, you got to help me. Things were fine until the pandemic came. But my personality is not to say, woe is me, and the pandemic messed us up. No, maybe the pandemic gave me a little more time to hone my Spanish skills. So when I get up here, I'm not so boring. <laughs> Supuestamente boring. And people will follow me and listen to me. And maybe I'll get some lust correcting from the audience. <laughs> That's part of the learning process. I welcome it. But I'm just reiterating, this is not a lost cause. I'm just reiterating, I'm committed. I love to speak Spanish. I go places, and if if they kind of look like they speak, I don't know if it's even politically correct. I just assume they speak Spanish, right? Sabla Espanol? No. Perdón. I've been rebuffed a few times, but I thought to myself, oh, you poor thing, you don't speak Spanish and English. You're not bilingual. Oh, I feel sorry. Anyway, I'm doing better, in case you're asking. I'm feeling more comfortable. So I just want to let you know on that. Now, let me give you the final snapshot. This excites me so much of trying to move forward in our current building. As we grow back stronger, I know that the need for double services will surface again. We're not quite there. But when you have more people than chairs, you have to do something quickly. And so on two occasions in the history of our church, we've, for a season, a long season, we've been in double services. And in order for us to take the next leap of faith for a building, the financial worthiness, we actually do need to be in double services because that means we have double the people to help us capture the vision. But just to show you, as I did with the Spanish church, I haven't lost sight. I haven't lost my vision. I haven't lost my motivation. I, 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 mean, I inquired about this building two weeks ago. You can see it's there. 17,750 square feet, okay? To put that in perspective, here we have 10,500 square feet. So let's say 70% bigger than what we have now, okay? Asking price, ah, a couple pennies shy of 2.8 million. That don't scare me. But I got this revelation from this other translation of the scripture I read. Look what they say. This is another translation. Where there is no prophetic vision the people perish. Prophetic is forth-telling, forth-seeing, forth-coming. The ESV version added the word prophetic. 
And so I was talking to the realtor. He's getting some information for me. I was searching Temecula, I prefer, Marietta. Could be a second choice. But I just want you to know that this is a prophetic vision. I preach in my, within my Bible here. You'll see this. See a little sticky here that I preach with every time I speak. I was preaching in L.A. last Sunday. This goes with me. But I shared with you a while back. Let me share maybe if you're new. It's dated August 11th, 21. And it was my call to the lender that loans for churches. He qualified us for a $3.8 million loan. That's only 2.8. He, so it's within reach. Huh? You have to understand, when you're shopping for a church building, there's a parking issue because the city is called a, a CUP, conditional occupancy permit. There's a ratio of seating to the sanctuary. They call it the stadium, the assembly area. So you've got to have a parking, and you've got to be able to expand. Most churches that are built for churches, the ceilings are higher. This one is not built for a church. The ceiling is only 11 foot. It's low. So the bigger you get, the lower the ceiling feels aesthetically. So there's a lot of dynamics. These tilt-up buildings are usually 18, 20, 22, 24 feet. So, but then the problem with the industrial area, it works a lot of times, but then somewhere you're secluded off somewhere that it's hard to find. So there's a lot of things. It's not just like buying a home. Oh, I like that home, three-bedroom, two-bath, very nice on a cul-de-sac. No, it's way more complicated because the city has to sign off on you're bringing the cars in. You say, well, why is there a conditional use permit for a church? Here's the, here's the difference in like maybe the grocery store because we're open at one time, and in their version, all the customers come at the same time and clog up the streets and the parking lot. At a grocery store, they just trickle in. What? Walmart. 100 every 20 minutes. With us, we're like, we all show up, boom. We take over the parking lot. We take over the intersections. We're all cutting through. And so they're, they're very sensitive uh, with the city laws and the permits. Of, so it's, it's not that easy. But when you find something that may work, there was another building I looked at. I mentioned to you already on the other side at the foothills here, 3.8 million maxes out. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Not very old. But the location to me was a deal breaker. Like no one's going to find us. The beautiful thing about sitting here for a little bit is we're on the freeway. And, you know, most of our visitors of the 200 and whatever it was, 32, see the sign and Google our website. So how do people find us? Freeway, sign, Internet. Now, when we purchase, when we buy, when we get our own place, that freeway signage goes bye-bye. The Internet still stays. But, see, there's a lot going on to have the wisdom when to move and where to move. Back to this. So I preach with this by faith every Sunday, every place I go. I never take it out of my Bible. Uh, finance, 2.7, 3.75% interest, 25 years, payment, $13,882. The payment don't even scare me. We pay $8,200 a month right now renting. What's that, 100000 a year? Now, I know 8200 I'm not that math deficient. $8,200 is not the same as 13800 But we're only talking about $5,000, are we not? To climb to the next mountain? 
Again, prophetic vision. I'm still praying that God's going to give us a building. Show us the right building. Let me show you how God works. This is interesting. I was with a pastor last week. No, last week was Thanksgiving. Oh, by the way, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was the week before Thanksgiving. We're just talking unsolicited. The pastor tells me, hey, we have a mutual friend. When they told me, I knew who it was. That has $800,000 that's looking to loan to churches, if you know of anybody. Huh, I know of myself. (laughs) I know myself pretty good, in fact. I got a great client for that person. Low interest. We're not even talking about that. I talked to the agent on this. He's getting me some information. I don't know if it'll work, but it's a vision. See, the thing with us, we've got to be able to take over the building. If it's stacked with tenants with a lease, we can't afford to buy that and rent at $8,200 a month. We just don't have the financial worthiness. So it's like, okay, when that building is it, we got to move in and have church as soon as possible with the permits and the sign-offs. So if it's stacked with tenants with, with leases years out, it's a deal breaker. Even though they want to sell, a lot of times people buy those because they're investors. They want tenants. They need the rent to crack the monthly nut with the bank. No, we don't need, we don't need tenants. We don't want tenants. Now, we take one over and we have a couple of suites. We'll rent it out. We'll do tenants. I'm, I'm, I get the business part. But pray with me a prophetic vision that I want to share with you. That if you see something, if you hear something, hey, I feel like the TSA, say something. <laughs> Did you catch that? Because, yes, we are trying to be poised financially. I'll go over the financials on, May, on December 15th if you're interested. We're trying to have everything in order financially. We are a 501c3. We are a nonprofit. We are registered with the state. We are registered with the fifth. We got all the paperwork. We don't own any assets. Here's the thing, folks. We're debt-free, but we don't own nothing. Does that make sense? We don't... We, pay cash for chairs. We pay cash for a van. We save up our money. I'm a pretty good little steward of what we give to God. But in this vision message, I just want to reiterate, affirm that a building is not some pipe dream that I fantasize about. Hey, I got it right here. We qualify for 3.8 million. That's a lot of money. We've got to come up with a million down payment. That's a lot of money. They'll hand us $2.7 million. I think I just got a side deal on an 800000 this last week. Maybe I only need them to hand me $1.9 million. Take my little side deal of this person. I do know them. It's not really that far out there. But what will get us there is if we stay focused on the Great Commission. Seeking and saving the lost. And that even though we've had a decent year during the pandemic, there's still room for betterment. So I'm asking you that you would pray that God would give us wisdom. 
as we turn this corner into 2022, and those that haven't come back will come back, and those that have never visited will come and God will change their life. I just came down the hill right here yesterday and refreshed my memory of Temecula's 113,000 and some change. My memory, I believe, Marietta is probably a thousand or two more, 115, 16,000. Just those two cities alone are pushing a quarter of a million people. How many of them don't know there's a spirit filled church in their community? That they're just looking and waiting for a change of life. And until you have an option, you always live the life you live. How many among us came out of deprived and depressed situations? How many among us have been in abusive environments? How many among us have relatives that are alcoholics or drug addicts? How many among us have a family member or a relative that's living on the streets? My point is we're just common people that God filled with his spirit. And Brother McLean, I just feel like there's a lot more people just like you and I that haven't had the privilege, the knowledge, the open door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my knock and open the door, I will enter and I will sup with him. Ha. This is God's church. I and we are a part of God's church, Brother John. I can't predict the future. I can't orchestrate the future with God. But together, God honors faithfulness. He honors commitments. And they, they, they sold Joseph into... Slavery, did they not? Stuck in prison. David, they anointed him as king, and then he just kind of just, go on back out and tend your sheep, boy. Young man, we'll call you when we're ready. Happenstance, dad says, hey, son, your brothers need some food and some supplies. Why don't you run them up to the camp there? Okay, dad. That just materialized. He's just doing what he's told to do. David, how'd you feel when you woke up that morning? I just thought I was, I didn't feel nothing. Do you know you're going to change the world? No one told me that. I just live in life. Tending sheep, helping my father. But one day, the course of Israel changed. No warning, no signage, no advertisement. But some 17-year-old kid, hey, we're not doing this no more. What about the lepers? They're just out in the colony, can't go home, can't be with their family. Just another day woke up, 
itching, scratched, dirty, hungry. Just a normal day. And before the sun set, their lives were changed. I just believe as a pastor, folks, it's just going to be a normal day. Family's going to walk in. Another family's going to walk in. God's going to show you something. I'm going to get a phone call. That's walking in the spirit. That is a prophetic vision. And so I would say as I close this service, I want to pray for your personal 2022. That whatever you thought you lost, whatever you thought was stolen from you, whatever you thought was ripped away, I remember it very vividly. It was March 15th, 2020. It was our last service under the normal conditions. Just a normal day, and then we were shut down for 11 weeks. And I think like all of us, we tried to regain our traction and our balance. But I'm here to preach and to let you feel my heartbeat. If God be for us, who can be against us? Now's the time to live that. What shall we say to these things? What things? The pandemic that has ripped people from us. The pandemic that has taken people from us. What shall we say to these things? God be for us. 2.8 million, what shall we say to these things if God be for us? It's just a normal day and something happens. I'm asking you to be prepared, be poised. You could be the David. Young people, listen to me. Elevate students. They say David was about 17 years old. The king, much older. The brothers older. And that 17-year-old boy altered the course of the Philistines and the Israelites. What are you saying? I'm saying age has nothing to do with it. Economic status has nothing to do with it. Relationships in the church have nothing to do with it. God works with people. And he takes that person and he funnels a miracle and the miraculous through them and things change. That's what's going to happen with something like this. I look all the time I'm combing and searching all the time. The finances don't bother me. The sale price, the payment. I'm trying to find the building, the parking, a square footage, the location for the Chavez. Fifth, sixth, and seventh is the price and the payment and the down payment. 
God's going to make something happen. Why? Because it's for his kingdom. I'm not afraid of that. I don't worry about that. God's going to use us. Let me pray for us. If you're able to stand, could you stand this morning? Every one of you have a personal 2022. I happen to be sharing the corporate one, but we all have our personal. I'm going to open the altars to you. This is the Sunday we pray for you. You need prayer. You need healing. You need a fresh touch. Is your strength from yesterday gone and you need to be replenished? Then there's an altar here in a moment. I'm going to call you up and the ministry staff is going to bless you and anoint you. You don't have to leave heavy. You don't have to leave weary. You don't have to leave beaten down. You don't have to leave empty. You don't have to leave unbaptized if you've never been baptized. You don't have to leave without the Holy Ghost. We're in the house of God. Hearts are mended and troubles vanish when we gather on holy ground. Right now, this is holy ground. As I pray, if you want to come and let us anoint you, you want to be baptized, you've never been baptized, say, hey, I want to get it in this year. We want to bat- we're prepared today. We have water. We have towels. We have a robe for you to wear. We have everything. You want the Holy Ghost? What's the Holy Ghost? When God flows through you and he speaks with new tongues. I never heard of that. Then you need to come down when I pray. Let me explain that to you. It's available for whoever will. If I will, he'll give it to me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I anoint this church. I anoint the online viewers, those that are present in Old Town Temecula, that you would give us prophetic vision. Prophetic eyes, God, to see what you see. And that any among us, God, would get a call to fight a giant. Any among us would get a call to come face to face with the hem of your garment. That any day could change the course of this church, the history, the movement, the trajectory, through one person, one person, one living soul online that watches or in person could change the history of this church but God until then we live right we're pure we're holy we're invested in this church and one day will come soon as you will orchestrate and speak it into our lives God I pray that you'd anoint every heart every home every marriage every young person every guest God every soul that's watching for a brand new 2022 that we will grow back stronger 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 in the spirit I release these things in the spirit I speak these things I release this upon your people God in the name of Jesus let it be so thank you for listening special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry it is because of you that this ministry is possible you can visit our website or church app if you would like to give And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.